You are listening to Business First Radio. I'm Gavin Walker. And today's guest is Dr. Javier Backer. Javier was invited to Belfast with the Made Not Born campaign to make a presentation to a large audience at W5. And we joined him just immediately after his presentation. You're listening to a podcast from Business First. And if your company had been the sponsor of this podcast, you would now be listening to your promotional message. Podcasts have become one of the most innovative, popular, and cost-effective ways to get your company message into the business community. For more information on sponsoring a series of podcasts in association with Business First, please contact Gavin Walker on 9147-2119 or by visiting the Business First website at www businessfirstonline.co.uk. And now, back to the podcast. Okay, we're back, and today our guest is Dr. Javier Backer. Uh, Javier is a cognitive psychologist and has just been talking to a fairly large crowd of, of local business people we've met here at W5 uh, as part of the Made Not Born campaign. So, Javier, you're very welcome. Uh, can I ask you, first of all, what your thoughts are about the Made Not Born campaign and, and the concept behind it? Well, to be honest, I, um, when, when I was invited to come over here and I, I went to the website and, and, and looked at a bit more of the campaign, it felt like something I could have written myself a few years ago. Um, I, I completely aligned with, with the intention of the campaign very much as somebody who I created, for example, the Talent Foundation many years ago under the same belief of the fact that human talent is something that is more pervasive than what is normally understood to be. The human potential is more latent, uh, and the, the possibility of unlocking this leadership talent at scale could actually make a huge difference, not only for businesses, but for a whole government or for a whole country. Knowing that this is happening in, in Northern Ireland was very inspiring to me, actually, because uh, you know, having, having a government unit investing in, in, in unlocking leadership talent at scale, it's going to make a huge difference. It's going to, it's, 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 it, I think it's entirely the right thing to do. Okay. So I love it. Okay, well, that's, that's great. Thank you. And I know certainly just listening to the audience this, this morning, there was a lot of questions and answers going back and forth, and there was a lot of engagement there. Uh, my understanding is that you are really very uh, keyed into the idea of, of people within an organisation engaging with it. And you talk about um, how people, how they, the, the leadership is the ability to create movement and deliver value. So how do you do that? Uh, how, do you, how can you do that within an organisation? So l- let me answer it in two parts. The first one is, wh- wh- why do I come up with that definition of leadership? If you look at the words leadership, uh, leader comes from the old English leaden, which meant to move, right. it meant to change. And ship, like in stewardship or fellowship, comes from the old German schaffen, which means it implies something of value. So you put those two together, I define leadership as having the ability to make changes or generate changes that add value. It is not something that only a few people at the top can do. Is uh, That's management. That is, you know, how many people have you got uh, under your belt that you can to, you know, control or encourage or whatever. This is, this is more about an attitude that you want not only the top team to have, but actually every single individual in an organization to have a leadership of, uh, an attitude of leadership where they see something that is not working and they do something about it. Um, now, how do we actually make that happen? Uh, well, as a psychologist, uh, today I spend most of my time with large companies uh, across the world, and we train individuals in taking back control over what we 
uh, we define leadership as leadership. We tell, we make them aware that the opposite of leadership is called victimship, and victim. And they laugh at this, but victimship is the ability to do nothing because I got a good reason, and everybody has a reason that stops them from actually taking on uh, responsibility for whatever they see around them that might not be working, whether it's. Uh, business uh, area or actually in personal lives. So a lot of people will, will have no-go areas in their personal lives because they got hurt before. What we do is we train them to recognize where they are in the vict victimship leadership scale and we give them a few tools like we shared this morning, for example the alignment tool, which is a tool to look at yourself very honestly and understand why are you being stuck in, for example, the launch of a new product. Why are you being stuck in your relationship with your business partner, why you're being stuck with um, a, a project with a, with a, a new deal with a, with a supplier, for example. Looking at that, it gives you a different kind of insight. There's a deeper type of insight. There's not the superficial insight that you would get normally. And allows you to say, okay, I understand where I got misaligned. And essentially, we look at what do I believe about this situation? What have my intentions been? What have I promised and what have I done? So I look at those four elements, find misalignments, what we call misalignment, and this training allows you to say, okay, I understand I might be exercising a bit of victimship here, but I know also what do I need to take? What's my next step to start walking towards me taking leadership over this situation? And of course, you get results very quickly by addressing the right thing rather than having, again, uh, big plans or New Year resolutions that might only frustrate you when you find that they're not, they haven't converted into real-life um, behaviors. But you're asking, you're asking people to be very honest with themselves. And fair enough, the, the management team might be prepared to do that. But how do you encourage, in a small business, how do you encourage other employees to say, yes, I'm quite happy to lay myself out on the table here and, and have you look at it and, and put me right? You're making a, a, bit, a bit of an assumption there that the top team oh, is always yes. a, able to do that. It's, it's, uh, in my experience, it's not always the case. And, and therefore, that's fine. And uh, um, although, although everybody would say that they're open, uh, getting to that level of, uh, of self-awareness so that you can, actually can, can start making some hard uh, decisions and, and driving your behaviors forward might be a bit harder than what, than what it sounds. Um, so whatever we find a, an individual who is... Um, enjoying victimship too much because that's that's there to be enjoyed you know like having a reason why life is so hard or why uh, the economic context is so difficult etc so we all kind of rejoice in our paralysis instead of actually becoming leaders that uh, who, who can drive things forward we uh, we only make them aware so that the, the technology that we use allows us to say listen we we sh let me show you what's going on and the choices that you're making and the cost that you're paying for staying in victimship a bit more. Mm -hmm. Whether you are the CEO of this company or you are the porter, you're a secretary, everybody has to, or, or not has to, has a choice actually to make whether they're gonna exercise leadership or victimship. Once you see the costs and you see that it's your choice, most people, not everybody, most people stand up and, and take some new action. And that's, uh, and that's very exciting because it's contagious. Mm. In the same way as victimship can be very contagious, and creates a culture of passivity and resentment and blaming the top guys as them. Uh, you know, they are the ones responsible to making, making it all happen, which in practice is impossible. You, you can't change a culture by changing the behavior of the two or three guys at the top. It's either uh, 
is either everybody is a leader or nobody is. So one of the things that you've mentioned there a couple of times, you've touched on it, but one of the things you talked about quite a bit this morning was this, this concept of choice and how we sometimes use the phrase, I have no choice and I can't do that. Uh, would your suggestion be that, that you always have choice or that choices are something that you consciously or unconsciously make? Yeah, you, in reality, we might not like the options that we have, but we continuously, we consistently have choice. So, yes, you might have the wrong you might not like that the options are restricted and you live in the place where some resources are not available or you happen to be um, you know uh, partner with a with a partner you doesn't he or she doesn't have the right skills or the team or whatever that's the context that you have to live in you always have choice now we have a we have a few tools that we use to allow for people to not not relate to this as a as a you know, like positive psychology, like you know, thinking positive. That's that's not sustainable. It is about training them to be very honest with the the the, the looking at the choice uh, that they have to they have available from a very different angle. So when when they apply these techniques, uh, what they get automatically is a, is a is a more mature relationship with their choice. And even though they might continue not liking their their context. They just move ahead with it. They move along with it differently. Okay. I'm putting that into, into a business context, and again, for, for a small business. So you're saying that they have to accept the fact that there are some things around them that they just really can't change. But how they react to that is really their, their choice. Correct. So over the last year, for example, um, a lot of businesses have used the, the, the excuse of the economy as being why, they, why things aren't doing as well, as they are, why the bottom line isn't what it should be. So how can we now, that we're hopefully coming out of, of the, the bad times, how can we change our mindset just that wee bit? Is there one little piece of advice you could give us that would help us move forward a little bit and, and move our economy forward and Northern Ireland in general forward? It, it, it would be interesting to remember, uh, to think about a great leader that we feel inspired by. And you know, normally, when I ask this question, most people would think about you know, Mandela. And the, the only common element across great leaders, inspiring leaders, has been that their context was difficult. So Mandela had a horrific context in, in which he needed to demonstrate or, or, or to apply leadership. So expecting the context to be perfect is missing the point. So of course, you know, if you had a great economy and your clients were queuing up to, to buy from you and your employees were ready to work for free and your competitors were stupid, then I could do your job. The, the challenge is when we start to look at our job as leaders of businesses, and particularly in the SME world, as a challenge, then we're missing the entire point. We need to challenge, you know, do you really want to be an SME leader? Yeah. It comes with a package, it comes with a bundle. I mean, right now, yes, the economy is recovering, so you know, people might be feeling more optimistic, but, but let's not distract ourselves from what leadership is. Leadership doesn't require the economy to be perfect in order to show up. In fact, the harder the economy, the greater the leadership that is required. It's a bit like... Um, you know, if you're going to, to a, a doctor and they're operating on you and all of a sudden you get a bit of blood and the doctor feels uh, he's going to pass out because he hates blood, what would you tell to that doctor? Of course, you know, get another job. You know, it's not for you. Now, of course, you don't want to go to a doctor who loves blood because that's not very healthy for you. But essentially, it's, it's the relationship between doctor and blood is the same relationship that exists between leadership and challenges. 
So today is the economy, tomorrow is a, uh, a labor market which is under the war for talent, um, which is, is, is going to happen now. We, we have we having talent being poached by the BRIC countries. And so great people are now leaving Europe and, and going to Asia, for example, or Brazil. That's, that's, that's the challenge of the day. So if you're, going to be, if you're going to run away every time you see a challenge, is that you missed out what being a leader means. You need that challenge. If we go back to the definition of leadership, the ability to generate changes that add value, you need something that needs changing. If it was already fixed, you wouldn't need leadership. Yes, that's true. Okay. All right, well, so thank you very much. I noticed one couple of things, actually, that you are um, a consultant for investors and people, but also to the royal household. So can I ask you, are you going to the wedding? <laughs> I can't comment. <laughs> okay. Listen, have a, have a back here. Thank you very much indeed for joining us in Business First. My pleasure.